A reading from John 11, 49-52. Then one of them, named Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation perish. He did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation, and not only for that nation but also for the scattered children of God, to bring them together and make them one. I love this. I love this uh, verse. Um, I love Caiaphas saying, uh, you know nothing at all. (laughs) Pontificating. Of course, he shows up later. But he... Uh, I mean, it, it, there's another one which we'll probably uh, talk about, but you know nothing at all. Uh, does a prophet come out of Nazareth? Um, you know nothing at all. Uh, and then he says something that is somewhat true. Um, it is better that one person die for the people. True, in terms of, of, of reality, of culture, and everything else, sometimes we see that in a non-Christian setting where one dies for many. Samson, in a way, was that person in the Old Testament. But he's also referring to the reason Jesus Christ comes into the world. But he doesn't know that. So he is speaking very politically. He doesn't want to rile up the Romans and have them crack down on him and his partners in crime. Uh, and why would he? He's a political figure as well as a religious figure. So, you know, there's some truth in that, but it's not what he mean. It's not what we understand him to me, uh, it to mean that he's saying, because one person has come into the world to die for many. Hmm. I, I want to um, zoom in on that idea and that concept of um, Jesus dying for us, because it's a phrase we use often, obviously, in um, Christianity. Uh, but I'm remembering right now, way back in my years of youth ministry, in the ministry called Focus. I, by the way, I think every minister should have a few years trying to explain the gospel to middle schoolers. Because <laughs> it, really, it really hones and sharpens your message because they have all these very practical questions, right? They're coming to it for the first time and they have, you know, just, I love that. My daughter's the same way. She comes with these um, questions that are, you have to kind of think it through. And I remember this one, you know, you do see summer camps and they're evangelistic and we kept saying, Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you. And this middle schooler raised his hand and he said, I don't get it. What in the world? How does that affect me? If I'm standing on a bridge and my friend suddenly jumps off the bridge and says, I died for you. <laughs> I said, well, that doesn't do anybody any good. And I was like, I was like, great question. I said, let's stay on that bridge for a second. It's not that your friend jumps off the side of the bridge spontaneously. It's that you're stuck on the railroad tracks on that bridge and a train is coming. And your friend says, your friend, you know, moves you out of the way to spare your life and, you know, receives the the force of the train. That's what it means that Jesus died for us. The wrath of the fathers, you know, do it's coming. It's like that freight train and it's going to hit us because of our sin. But Jesus stepped in front of that train. That's what it means that he died for us. He died in our place. And I remember that kid, it was like that light bulb moment, Mm -hmm. that middle school kid going, oh, (laughs) 
Um, I just offer that to our listeners. If, if you find yourself with non-Christian friends or family members and you want to kind of lean across the table and say, Jesus died for you, they might not know what you mean. <laughs> so you can use that bridge analogy if you want to. But um, yeah, it's helpful to really understand what, what he meant by that, that one man came to die for, for many.